0: So here we are, lovely Sunday morning, quintessential fall morning in the Midwest, the leaves changing, dropping, it's glorious, I like fall. Especially like fall because usually about this time of year, life starts to slow down for me a little bit and I kind of like that. If you hadn't guessed, I like to kind of take it easy and be comfortable, so I know I don't look it. Anyway, well, Jesus, we thank you for this day. Uh, We thank you for your word to us, God, that that every promise in this book belongs to us, and that everything that you've spoken uh, belongs to us, God, and we appreciate, God, your love for us and how you have drawn us to you and and spoken to us these things that... uh, uh, will last forever God we thank you and we praise you and this morning I just bind the flesh the carnal mind, the emotions God I loose your spirit in this place I lose faith in this place God to take hold of your word and to to have confidence uh, in you and in your your love for us in the name of Jesus we pray Amen So i going to talk a little bit about about choices today because we've been talking a lot about choices for the last few months, because we all have choices to make. And uh, you know, when I was young and, and naive, I I believed you could make a choice once and it would just stick. And and it's like, well, I made that choice, and so there it goes. I'm I'm done. And I'm kind of a stubborn person, so typically when I make a choice, it do, usually does stick pretty well. I, I grew up with Mike, and he he learned when to stop pushing on me because it actually made things worse. So, um, however, choices are something that you make, you know, you, you, over and over again. I mean, you have all kinds of decisions that you have to make every day little little decisions, big decisions, some that don't matter, some that do. But there's but typically the important decisions, you know, you'll make this decision once, but then you have all these little instances where you have to make that choice again. You, you could choose something else, or maybe you could even just sort of lean towards something else. And so so what we do is we make choices, you know, and relationships are like that. You know, you, you make a choice. That's, that's why we get married. You make a choice and a, and a decision, and then you make a covenant with it, and that's what you do. Ideally, one would hope that you choose them and they choose you, you know, I've I've uh you've all heard the term love hate relationship. I, I heard someone once describe that as we both loved her and hated me, which I thought was quite clever. But uh um yeah, it takes a minute. So you know, I I had lots of I had friendships like that when I was a kid. We both liked them and hated me. But uh anyway. So so choices are like that. Relationships are like that. And so uh, you can rest assured that God has already chosen you because you're here and because you're breathing and so because God loved the world. And so He he's made that way of salvation for all of us. And so if you're here today, then uh, his choice is most certainly on you but what he what he wants from us is to choose him not not because the alternative is unthinkable, but because he wants us to to really choose him to really to really love him. You know when I was a kid uh, we were really distanced from my dad's side of the family, most of them lived in Baldwin, and we visited them with this polite veneer of civility but uh my dad really couldn't stand his family, and he just kind of kept up appearances for his mother's sake. And when she passed away, then the facade was gone, and he just kind of cut ties with everybody, started ignoring everyone, quit talking to his dad, and it was really kind of a mess. But uh I forgot why I was telling you that. Uh Well, no, because I used to get bored uh, while we were there. You know, it's Grandma's house. What? How much is there to really do at Grandma's house? And uh, uh, if you don't bring something with you to do. And uh, in those days there wasn't, uh, you didn't have a lot of options for TV. They had one of those satellites. You push the button and it kind of, you know. So you couldn't exactly flip through channels like men like to flip through channels. But uh, like, oh, I know, that that was, no, I don't want to watch that. Um, but I would go and ask my parents, like, can we go now? Can we go now? And And... And my my mother, bless her heart, she's a very tender soul, and she would always lean over to me and tell me, "Don't say that in front of your grandma. You're gonna make her feel terrible. You're gonna make her feel like you don't want to be here." And I said, "Well, I don't. I won't go home. All my stuff is at home, you know. You know." But uh, so you know, we all make choices in relationships, and, and uh, no, I was. So I I was bummed out when my grandma died. That was a a shame. But uh, I suppose that's how life is. Go with me to Isaiah 48. You know, it's funny because I didn't really make a conscious decision at the beginning that I was going to serve God. I didn't. I just, I kind of, I wasn't looking for him. I just kind of ran into him, more or less, and, because he found me. And I thought, well, this, this, would, be, this would be what I want. This, this is going to be the way that I would go. I didn't really think about it that way. I didn't really reason it all out. Uh, but as time went on, I had to make choices that that was still going to be the, the direction I was going to go. And, uh, you know, we went through uh, a rough few years where we weren't having services here and uh, I kind of drifted out into the, this sort of no man's land area. You know, I've, I've talked about that before. And uh, and even then I still made choices, not always the best choices, but at the, at the, the root of all the, the things that I was thinking about when I made these little decisions, I was thinking someday something is going to happen that's going to get me going back the way that I really should be going. I always had this sense that, you know, God has more for my life than this. And, uh, uh, that probably would have been a good time for me to make a decision that I was going to run after it right then. But, uh, I didn't. But, um, when God knew the time was right, then he, he brought me to that place. And, uh, I started making those decisions. And, uh, You've all probably heard or were here at the famous machine gun service when, uh, you know, Ron talked about getting all the trashy entertainment things out of your life. And
1: I went home
0: and dumped all kinds of stuff in my dumpster with this thought of, uh, outside my apartment building thinking, what was I doing with all the stuff in my house? And, uh, you know, God is very wise, you know, how, how he does those things. And, uh. But, but I had to make a decision. You know, and I remember there was this movie in particular that I just loved it. It was I just loved this movie. And and there were a few things that were mildly inappropriate in, in it and uh um, but to me it was one of the funniest things I'd ever seen and I just I kept it around. It it survived that initial purge that Sunday afternoon after I got home. <laughs> and uh, uh yeah, so okay, so you identified then. But, uh, but um, the next day I had I was was working in Junction City at the time, and it's quite the commute, and so I had a lot of time to think on the way back and forth to work. And I remember that uh, it was it may have been the next day I don't remember. It was definitely that within that first week after that service, I was driving home from work, and I was just thinking. I was talking to the Lord and thinking about how wow, you know it's can't believe I had all that stuff and I thought that all that stuff was just okay and I'll just keep it around, no big deal. And uh, and man, I really appreciate you, you know, talking to me about this stuff and getting me back in line and, and getting me where I need to be and everything. And and all of a sudden I thought of that movie and I just felt like I was saying, you need to get rid of that one too. And so without pausing for you know uh, a moment, I just said, yes, Lord. Because I knew if I hesitated at all, I was going to think my way around it and I was going to keep it around because I really, really didn't want to. And uh, so when I got home, I, I set it aside. I, I actually like took it to one of those used bookstores and sold it rather than just throw it away. but um, but I knew that I you know I, I needed to make a decision right then. When God talked to me about it, I, I could either obey Him or not, and and seemed like a pretty clear choice, especially when you say it that way. And so I decided, okay, well then, yeah, well I would just get rid of that then, and and so I did, and I haven't seen it since, and I, I think about it often, and uh, you know, but you know, when you make those choices, you don't typically regret those kind of choices when you make those right decisions. You know, I don't, I don't regret that I haven't seen that movie in eight years. I really don't care. But uh, because I've, I've seen it enough times that the funny stuff that was clean, I remember. But anyway, Isaiah 48, I told you. Uh, I'm probably going to read more or less the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. Hear this, O house of Jacob, which are called by the name of Israel, and are come forth out of the waters of Judah, which swear by the name of the Lord, and make mention of the God of Israel, but not in truth nor in righteousness. So it's, it starts out sounding kind of nice. And it's like, hear this, you people of mine that are not doing it right. Um, you know, because that's what Israel did. You know, they, they had this, this name of God and they, they, they stuck God's name on what they, on the way they lived. But it wasn't, it wasn't in truth. It wasn't in righteousness. It wasn't the right action that God was looking for. And, uh, and it's easy to get into that place, and that's where I was at. I, I, I kind of stuck God's name on my life, but I was doing all this stuff that, that I, I really should have known better. So he says, for they call themselves of the holy city, and they stay themselves upon the God of Israel, the Lord of hosts is His name. So that's that's where they're looking to, and you know, it's not a bad idea. Because again, if if you're you know if you're making mention of His name, if that's what you're looking to, then Uh, more than likely, it's going to be easier for him to get your attention and get you going the right path. So I've declared the former things from the beginning. They went out of my mouth and I showed them. I did them suddenly and they came to pass because I knew that you're obstinate and that your neck is an iron sinew and your brow is brass. So, so he's telling him. He's like, I, I get that you are stubborn. You know, he talked about that way back in the wilderness when he was traveling with him. He he told Moses, he's like, these, this is a really stiff-necked people, and you know, it makes kind of makes me want to blush a bit because, as I said, I'm quite stubborn. So, like, well, maybe being stubborn's not such a good thing. I suppose there are directions that it it could be good. You you all know my son, and how. And I can tell you that he's very, very stubborn. Um, but uh, it's just, as as someone uh, put it, he has a zest for life. And uh, and he, he enjoys life. Uh, but once he gets a hold of an idea, he's really pretty stubborn about it. He doesn't want to let the idea go. So you can imagine, being that I am not a pet person, how the the pet thing has gone all these years. So I, he's he's either going to be an evangelist or a salesman. And either way, I'm sure he's going to excel. So so being stubborn or or being tenacious is is, is a good thing. Uh, I always say he gets this tenacity from his mother's side of the family and he gets the stubbornness from mine, so it's kind of a mess. But, no. no, but it's good because if you if you put the right thing in, then you get him going the right direction, it's like Paul. You know, you know, Paul was he was all about getting rid of this heretical thing in the church or in the in the congregation of Israel. And then when God showed him no this is the right thing, then he just turned him around that way and he went that same intense mile a minute kind of thing after that so so being stubborn is not entirely a bad thing but but you don't want to have this neck as an iron sinew and a bra- brass brow when god's trying to talk to you about something that's when you want to be like putty Let's See, i have from the beginning declared it to you before it came to pass i showed it to you Lest you would say, my idol has done them. My graven image and my molten image has commanded it. So he's telling me, like, I told you this was going to happen, so that when it did, you would believe me, because I told you this was going to happen. And you'd see that I'm the real God, not all this stuff. You wouldn't think at this point he would still be needing to give them that proof, but but he was. You have heard and you see all this, will you not declare it? I have showed you new things from this time, even hidden things. You didn't know them. They are created now, not from the beginning, even before the day when you heard them not, lest you should say, Behold, I knew them. Yea, you heard not, you knew not, and from that time your ear was not opened, for I knew that you would deal very treacherously, and were called a transgressor from the womb. So it was no surprise to him that that they acted like that. You know, I, I think back to that, that period of my life, and, and I think, well... It's not like God was surprised that, that that happened to me. He He knew that was going to happen, and uh, there's a lot of times I take great comfort in knowing that He's not surprised by the the things that happen in my life. Like you know, He He looks at you like He's surprised. Like sayest thou that? You know. Yeah. Sorry about that. But but He uh, you know it's, I'm, I appreciate that uh, that He He kind of he knows and any he, and he, he works you around it for my name's sake will i defer my anger and for my praise will i refrain for thee that i cut thee not off so you know he loves you but i like how he says he, i'm doing this for my name's sake you know it's like a like a mother putting a stop to a a, a toddler's fit in the store it's like you're doing it for them but you're doing it for you <laughs> Because you don't want everybody to say, "Wow, look at that lady," you know. Then, so you know, we've all had those moments. It's like, like Ron says, you know, it's like you know, Aunt Rachel is never taking you to the store again. I've actually pulled that one out before. So, like, look, Aunt Cynthia is not going to take you guys anywhere if you don't start minding better. <laughs> I kind of looked at me. <laughs> what do you mean? Behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. So I like that. I've refined you, you know, and that—that's how he, you know, he refines silver, of course, with a lot of heat, you know, and, and that's what this word is talking about. the The refining is talking about smelting and, you know, melting metal to separate it from the impurities, and so. Uh, so he talks about then refining us and, and separating us from those impurities in the furnace of affliction. And, uh, you know, we, we talked about that recently, and uh, Psalm 119 is, is great for that, and where he talks about, you know, before I was afflicted, I, I went astray, but now I've kept your commandments, and uh, it's good for me that I've been afflicted. And, uh, you know, I think we all have things in our life that we've been through, that uh, were in some way or another, at least partly, um, due to our our decision making and our our choices and and the things that we've done, that God would bring us through that affliction place, and you really really hate it while you're there. No, nobody likes being in that place. You know, nobody says throw me in the fire with a big smile on their face, but but when you come out of that the things that god does in your life you, you wouldn't trade for all that affliction it makes it worth it and and so god knows how to do that to us because it, it he separates from us those impurities and those things that that we we don't want them there we don't need them there and and he knows it's not good for you and so he knows he knows how much heat you need to get you, get that stuff out for my own sake even mine own sake i will do it for how should my name be polluted i will not give my glory to another you know so it's interesting because you know he's he's talking about about them uh dealing with idols and 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 he's saying you know i'm doing this stuff for my name's sake i'm not sharing my glory with anybody like can the golden calf do this you know can can Baal get this stuff out of your life? No, no, it can't. And so so he's he's talking in this passage about I am the God. I'm the real God and everything else is falsehood. So he says, Hearken to me, O Jacob, and Israel my called, for I am he, I am the first and also the last. My hand has also laid the foundation of the earth, my right hand has spanned the heavens. When I call to them they stand up together. Assemble ye, all ye assemble yourselves in here, which among them has declared these things. The Lord has loved him. He will do his pleasure on Babylon, and his arm should be on the Chaldeans. I I have spoken, yeah, I have called him, I have brought him, and shall make his way prosperous. And I was, Hang on just a moment. Yeah. Come near to me and hear you this, for I have not spoken in secret from the beginning. From the time that it was, there am I. And now the Lord God and His Spirit has sent me. Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord thy God, which teaches thee to profit, which leads thee in the way that you should go. Oh, that you would hearken to my commandments. And then had thy peace been as a river, and thy righteousness as the waves of the sea. So so he's talking about how you know, we... We could have skipped the affliction thing had you made a better decision in the first place. And then we all go through the fire. We all have those things that, that God takes us through there. But the Bible says that the way of the transgressor is hard. And so there's there's an easier way. And you know, I like the easy way. You know, the, As if you hadn't already guessed, I, I like things easy. I like things smooth. And so it's... You know, your 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 flesh will have a cow, but following God and obeying God is actually way easier than than uh than not. And uh so so he says, Oh that you would hearken to my commandments, then had thy peace been as a river, and thy righteousness as the waves of the sea. And thy seed had also been as the sand and the offspring of thy bowels, like the gravel thereof, and his name should not have been cut off nor destroyed from before me. Go forth the Babylon flee from the Chaldeans with the voice of singing, Declare ye tell this, utter it to the end of the earth, and say, The Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob. They thirsted not when he led them through the deserts. He caused the waters to flow out of the rock for them. He claved the rock and the waters gushed out. There's no peace, saith the Lord to the wicked. So so it's like he's making a case here. Like he's he's giving you a choice, just like Elijah did on on uh, on the mount, and he 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 brings all the prophets of Baal, and then here comes Elijah and they 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 have the same sacrifice and and uh and you know of course Baal does nothing because Baal's not real and and I enjoy that story a great deal, especially when Elijah starts making fun of the prophets. He's like maybe you should talk louder, maybe he's asleep maybe he's maybe he's busy, you know maybe you should call back later, leave him a voicemail or something. Uh, go with me to Joshua 24. So, you know, and and the the key thing that he said in this in this uh, instance with the with the prophets of Baal was was he says you know how long do you halt between opinions? If God is God, serve Him. If Baal is God, serve Him. Make a choice. And so I'm going to start here in. Verse fourteen, I believe. Although I may slide back a bit. Hmm. Well, basically, what what uh, what Joshua says here to him is that he he kind of recaps their history up to this point, and and he talks about how you know God called Abraham out from from Earth, Chaldees, from this place where he. Worshipped idols, and he, and he brought him to the real God, and, and if, if it had not been for that, you wouldn't be here, and so he's saying this is, this is real God, and here we've come into Canaan, Over we came over the Jordan, and we've been in this conquest for all these years, taking this land, and you've seen their false gods, and how they could do nothing to stand against real God. And, and his people and his commission. So, so don't don't you don't want to go back to that. Like, stay on on the real thing. And he and he reminds them of how when when Balak wanted to have them cursed, God just blessed them and blessed them and blessed them because that was God's choice. God had had already made a decision, and he was going to work. He was going to work Israel through the stuff, and and. Uh, you know he's still coming and bringing them around to that, that day when they'll really see him. So I think, yeah, verse 14. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt so I like that he 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 doesn't just talk about the stuff from way way back when he talks about something a little more recent. He's like, You all remember the calf, right? You know, so don't don't you don't want to go that direction either. So he says <clears throat> put away sorry, put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it seemed evil to you to serve the Lord then choose this day whom you'll serve whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell but as for me in my house we will serve the Lord everybody knows that probably half of you have a little plaque of it in your house somewhere but um, it's 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 a choice there that you have to make and, and he says does this seem good to serve God or not and uh i can tell you from experience that it is and that it's, it's way better than the alternative and when you make that decision you make that commitment then uh and you you stick by that commitment then you you begin to build this relationship with god that um is really precious and and there are days when it it just sort of feels ordinary and there are days when it feels extraordinary you know i've I've you know talked about that a lot, you know how marriage is like that and 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 uh relationship with with God is like that sometimes, but the because he wants you to understand that he's always there and and that uh that he doesn't change because he's he's told us that, and so we learn to to rest on that when when life feels sort of dreary but so he talks about making a choice here. And and so he's laid this foundation leading up to this. God has already picked you because you're here. You know, we've already taken over you know, X percent of the land here, and, um, and we're going to finish it up. But um, God's chosen you, but now you have a choice to make. So he says, the people answered, and they said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, which did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way wherein we went, and among the people whom we passed. And the Lord drove out from before us all the people, even the Amorites which dwelt in the land. Therefore will we also serve the Lord, for he is our God. So that's pretty good. You know, flush from this victory of of God doing all this stuff for them. They're thinking, "Yes, we're going to serve God," and uh, and it, and it's easy to make those decisions then. How many you know? How many of you go away from the the year end revival? And you you wake up at two in the afternoon on New Year's Day, and and you think, "I am going to serve God this year," and and you're all excited about it. You know, I mean, and that happens. And you know, of course, life is going to intrude to some degree, but but there comes this that decision making that you stick with so they say well, of course we're going to serve God look at everything that he just did for us and Joshua said to the people you cannot serve the Lord for he's a holy God he's a jealous God and he won't forgive your transgressions nor your sins and if you forsake the Lord and serve strange gods and he will turn and do you hurt and consume you after he's done you good so it kind of like are you sure now are, are you really sure you're gonna? This is the decision you're going to make, because you 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 could still back out of this decision. But uh, uh, and he, and he's telling him he says, you know, if this is the decision you want to make, then you need to understand that you're going to have to do this. You have to do it right, because there are those things that that we do. You know, a relationship with God is not a one-sided thing. And uh, you know any healthy relationship is going to be two-sided. There's there's giving and taking on both sides because if you just if it's all slanted to one side then it doesn't really work very well. So so Joshua was telling him he's like well now think about this serious. Don't don't just tell me you're going to do it. Let's let's think about this. You're you're making a real decision here. And and that word in Isaiah that he used when he said that I've chosen you that's the kind of choice that he's talking about it's it's a it's a well thought out decision it's something that you 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 think about it you premeditate this decision before you you put it out there and so you're you're already sure this is the thing that I've chosen and because God is that sure about his choice on you so so they they uh so he says you know you can not He's like you know you know He's a holy God. He's a jealous God, and, and I, don't, I don't know that you could really do this. And the people said, no, we will serve the Lord. So he kind of pushed on them a little bit, and, and they insisted, no, we're going to serve God. And Joshua said to the people, the newer are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. So, so they they made a choice then, and they, they, they said it. And so now they're, they're, they're bound to that decision and they said, "We are witnesses now, therefore, put away said he the strange gods which are among you, and incline your heart to the Lord God of Israel, so apparently they still had them, which is kind of an interesting interesting uh thought at at this this point in the story that they still have got this stuff among them and uh and of course you know you've you've read Joshua, and you know how um The, uh, I believe it was the Gibeonites that, that fooled Israel. And when, and they didn't ask God first, they just made a covenant with these people because they said they were from far away. And so now they've got them stuck in the middle of them. And, uh, and there was, there was still more land to, to possess at this point. So there's still that, there's still stuff around them. And, And so. So he says, okay, you've made your decision to serve God. Now get rid of the stuff. So so he says, put away the strange gods which are among you. Incline your heart to the Lord God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, the Lord our God will we serve and his voice will we obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day. And he set a statute and an ordinance in Shishem. Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of god and he took a great stone and he set it up there under an oak which is by the sanctuary of the lord so so he makes it all official like you, you said it we're going to write it down that this is this is the decision that you made and uh, you know and that's what we do Cynthia had to write this paper for uh, one of her classes and it was about getting into relationship and uh, the five steps of Relationship and all this stuff. So I enjoyed reading the paper because it was about me, <laughs> and so I, I enjoyed it and, and uh, her glowing description of how amazing I am and everything, and and it was, it was glorious. But uh, um, you know, it talks about this this place in the uh, in forming a relationship where you go from. Um, this place of experimenting and self-disclosing to uh, becoming a we, where where you're no longer two separate, you know, you're an item, I guess is how we would say it. And uh, and it was kind of funny because in our case it was a little backwards because we kind of became an item and then we began to self-disclose and talk because once we, we professed our undying love to each other in writing because we couldn't look at each other, then um I still remember sitting in Bobby and Lori's living room across the room from her and here we've we've you know made this, this glowing declaration and uh and I said, So, so now we just need to learn to talk to each other then. <laughs> and she just said, Yeah. So probably not the most typical relationship but uh but you know, we we so we made that choice and uh um and then of course, in that process of of experimentation and self disclosure and everything, then I was irretrievably hooked and and uh and that that's what happens with with God you know when when we you know he's not impatient for you to make a decision right now, you know you can get to know him a little bit. But once you do, and, and he begins to disclose himself to you, then you get irretrievably hooked, and 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 that's what he's after because he wants you to choose him like that. And and, uh, and it's really hard not to when you when you get close to him and you find out what he's really like. It's kind of hard not to choose him. You'd, you'd have to. It seems to me you'd have to make up your mind that I'm absolutely not going to do this. And uh, just kind of an unthinkable thing to me. So he writes it all down. They've made this covenant. He sets up this monument, this reminder, this memorial that that this is what this is what you you've chosen. This is the decision that you made when uh, the tribes that settled on the other side of Jordan, when they 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 fought alongside everybody else, and and then Joshua sent them home to the, to their side of the river because they want they liked the land over there and uh so before they went they set up this big memorial and at the time Israel was feeling righteous enough that they they thought what are they doing setting up some kind of idol and so they were going to destroy them and and they they came together and of course the the, those tribes on that side of Jordan came over and they 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 talked about it and they said no 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 no. Well, this is a memorial that we the, to remind all of us that even though we live on the other side of the river we are still the same people that we are all one and that God is our God too because we don't want to get down the road and have have your children stay, our children that that you don't belong because you live on the other side of the river. So that's the kind of monument that he's setting up here. That's the kind of reminder Sets up this big stone. Says that this. This is the decision you've made, and uh, and I've I've written it down in the book so everybody has is party to this and we've made it all official. And Joshua said to the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness to us, for it has heard all the words of the Lord, but which, which He spake to us, and it shall therefore be a witness to you, lest you deny your God. And so Joshua let the people depart, every man to his inheritance. So he he goes, or so he sends them off, uh, having made this decision. Now it's like going home on Sunday afternoon. You know, it's easy to to be all decided up in church and and uh, and and say, no, no, we're going to serve God. That 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 is my decision. But what happens on Sunday night? What happens on Monday morning? Tuesday morning? Wednesday morning? you know, cuz then you got to get all sanctified again so you can show up on Wednesday night and look everybody in the eye. Yeah. But uh that's why we make choices all the time. And that's why we make those choices every day. So he so he makes this he he he's basically just snared them in their own words. Like this is your decision that you made. This is what you said you were going to do. And then and then he he sends them to the inheritance that God gave them. So it's like remember this when you're sitting in your house and 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 you're thinking, "Wow, this is the house I didn't build this house some some Canaanite built this house, some Canaanite planted this field, raised these animals, and now they're all mine, and because God gave it to me, and uh wow, I'm really blessed he said so and and back in Deuteronomy, Moses was talking to him about this moment. And he says now when you get to that place Beware lest you forget God And uh, and Joshua kind of Makes it even more uh, uh, Firm because he, he Has them make a covenant Leads them gently by the hand into this Covenant place and he says now Now that you're at this place where Moses warned you don't forget God Now go back to the, the Inheritance that God gave you and don't don't forget God and of course, you can turn the pages and in, page into judges, and you know what happens. And so, um, it's a cautionary tale to us of the the importance of decision making, because they they kind of they got out from that place where they weren't all congregated together and had this central leader that was leading them, like like uh, Mo, uh, Moses or Joshua. And then they kind of got out in this place where they were sort out by themselves and and then it's that's time to see how your decisions really hold up. And so in that period of my life, my decisions weren't really the best and uh you know, and and you see that in judges, they they made some pretty poor decisions, but God swooped in there and saved them. And then and then they would make poor decisions and God would swoop in there and save them again. And uh so you know it's it's an important thing to make those decisions and uh the other thing i think is interesting uh about Joshua's statement is he says that as for me and my house we're going to serve the lord because you know you have that responsibility to your family so you know if if you have uh children you know it's it's important to to teach them those things of the word of god and to put that uh foundation in them because you'd be surprised how much children just soak up like a sponge. And uh, sometimes I'm amazed at the stuff that my children say back to me that I had no idea that they had caught on to at all. But um, we also, as human beings, don't necessarily just learn by osmosis, and so it's important that we teach the kids those things. And, that, and that's why the uh, he talks about in Deuteronomy about when you're – Walking by the wayside, when you're in your house, when you're out doing stuff, talk to your kids about the word. Talk to the kids about the things that God has done, and uh, uh, you know. And part of that is, you know, they had oral histories back then that were far more common than written histories. But um, you know, it's important to recount to your children, uh, to your families, to the the things that that, that God has done in your life. You know, because the things that they talked about, you know, it's one thing to teach your kids about the Passover and, and the story and what it means and stuff. I think it was a little more poignant to them having been there, you know, or my grandpa was there. My grandpa was in Egypt uh, on the night of the Passover. You know, I think when you when you recount it like that, it's like, man, my grandpa was at Utah Beach, you know. It kind of gives it a little more sense of immediacy, I think. And so it's important to pass down that sense of immediacy of the the things that God does in our lives, and and so that again is a choice that we make to uh, to put Him at the forefront of of the things that we do. So God, we just we thank you for your word to us, uh, Lord, and uh, God, like Paul, God, you know, we are putting behind us those things. That that came before us, and and choosing you, God, as the decisions come at us today, God, we want to choose you, God. That's that's my choice. That's my decision is to choose you. To choose the things of your word, of your spirit, and your kingdom, Lord God. God, the the things that we see around us are, are temporary. Your kingdom is eternal, Lord. And I I pray that you would open our eyes to to see the um to see our life in that way in that perspective of the eternal and the temporal god and i just pray that you would minister today as only you can to our hearts to our, our minds i just i pray for your perfect will in this service today god that you would speak to us and and feed us with your word lord god god whether it be the uh, like the the honey that Jonathan got on the end of his rod, or whether it be the the like the Passover lamb with the bitter herbs, God, we want to hear what you have to say, and we want to consume it all. And God, we just pray for your perfect will in this place today, in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.